Bango chair? Put it in reverse, chair! Jitters podcast episode 65 me and Brady are here special guest appearance Murphy the dog's behind me um he might not do much talking but he's here might I didn't his, even see him he's just dead might be his first appearance he's not a, he's not actually dead for anybody who's listening all, all four people that listen to this thing he's um kind of lazy right now I think this is his first podcast appearance uh we are officially changing the podcast name to the Tony Finau podcast. I think uh, I think we're officially the biggest Tony Finau fans on the planet now. After a win, he's uh, he's leading today. Brady, you've been the Tony Finau guy forever since we started doing this, so take it away. Oh, what what a week. What I mean, just kept it rolling today. I mean, what what else what else can you say about the guy? I mean, he 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 held steady and let the the rocks crumble around him on Sunday. That was a, I was listening on the radio. I'd say it was, it was hard to watch. It was definitely hard to listen to, to watch or to, to hear that guy just, uh, just drop shot after shot. Um, but I was thinking about it today. <laughs> I'm happy he's getting hot, but is it the most Tony Finau thing to do to get hot right after the last major ends the week after that? Yeah, it absolutely is. He, um, he came on strong there at the open towards the end, but then he won the 3M open last week. He's 64, eight under after the first round today, tied for the lead, setting himself up for two wins in a row. And of course it's going to happen at the two most like random golf events that are the 3M open in the rocket mortgage classic. That's that is perfect. Tony Fino. I, I liked the The 3M open was cool. I thought, I thought that was a pretty course. I liked all the water on it. The Rocket Mortgage I watched today, it looks like they're in Russia or something with those like red barriers all around. I did not get to watch much of it today. I did watch a little bit. We'll get into the TV coverage part of it later and how that makes it even more difficult to watch. But Tony Finau got his third win at the 3M Open. He won in Puerto Rico. He won uh, in New York last year. Um, so he had a pretty large gap between his first two wins, smaller gap between his second and third win. He might put a very small gap between his third and fourth wins. Uh, how much money did you win on him last week? Uh, about 400 bucks, I'd say. You touched on the listen on the radio. Scott Piercy was leading pretty much the entire time until the last round. He, uh, had a blister on his foot for, I, I don't know if it was second or third round, maybe both. I kept seeing clips of him taking a shoe off in between shots and walking without one of his shoes on because he had a blister. Didn't seem to bother him for the first three rounds. I was going to say he was lights out. Like, I, I mean, I was, I was at the Orioles game one Sunday, so I was kind of screen watching it just kind of half-hearted. Honestly, he was so steady during the week. It was, it was just looking like he was going to keep that five shot lead the whole time. Yeah. I didn't think there was any way he was going to lose on Sunday the way that he had been playing and the, 
size of the lead that he has. You don't see too many people. Um, I won't go as far to say blow it with that big of a lead. Um, but he didn't just blow the lead. He ended up kind of getting blown out by Tony Finau. I mean, he, he wasn't close to Tony Finau at the end. No. And I mean, Finau made, made some good putts down the stretch, but then he almost gave it right back to somebody else after uh, that shot on 17 and then 18 did go in the water. 17 was one of the luckiest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, we talked when that was going on, you were listening on the radio I texted you and said he just got an unreal break on 17. He hit it 20 or 30 yards long, bounced off the grandstand, through the green, off the side of the green, and hung up in the rough right at the edge of the water. And he ended up parring on that. Then he, uh, then he on 18, hit his drive into the water, which that's a really cool 18th hole, I think. There's a lot of uh, risk reward, a lot of different options you can take depending on where you're at, whether you have the lead, whether you're chasing somebody, whether it's – Close, really cool 18th hole in my opinion. And and we were actually we were kind of predicting that. Remember, I, I, we were going back and forth. I was like, I wonder how this 18th hole is going to shift uh, shape up. It's going to be interesting. I didn't get to fire off this text, but I was thinking in my head, well, if he's like four strokes up, it probably. I mean, he'll probably just play it safe. But I would imagine. I mean, he was firing at it all week long that he would probably just you know keep riding the horse that got him there. But he was four shots up and hit it straight in the water. So not really sure what the line of thinking was there. And maybe it is a instead of a play it safe four shots up, maybe it's a I got a four shot cushion. I can just kind of do what I want here. You don't really have to think about playing it safe. I don't know. I feel like you still try to do something just to to not hit it in the water. But I don't know. That's part of the intrigue of that whole is the water's there. Even, even if he was trying to play it safe, there's still that chance you go right and go into the water. And then after you go into the water the first time, you still have to go over more water to get to the green. So a lot of decisions to make even after that. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like the, the head scratching part is he, I mean, he's one of the most accurate guys on tour. Like, and he, I mean, he takes, he takes some of it off of it every swing. So, like, I, I don't know why he'd have a problem. Like, I've seen him hit iron plenty of times. Or if it's a short par four, he just hits an iron because he knows he's got the the length and the strength to get it there with another iron. So, I mean, obviously, I know it's a par five, but I, I don't really know why he, he went against that. But It was a little surprising. And he had a huge cushion thanks to um, – we're going to call it what it is. Scott Piercy choked on Sunday. He, uh, it was, a, it was a pretty stroke. big choke job. You, you can say it there. He went from, I don't know if this was his stat or Tony Finau's. Tony Finau went from being four shots down to four shots up in 90 minutes on Sunday. Yeah. Well, and I don't even know. If, yeah. I, I'm with you. I don't even know if that was him. Like, uh, Grillo, Grillo was yeah, yeah. slipping in there at some point too. So it might have only been on him. He triple bogey. I don't know what hole it was. He went into the sand, didn't get out of the sand, and a couple shots, triple bogeyed, and that was sort of the end. He just – it was all downhill after that. Never never made it close after that. Um, is Tony Finau the nicest person on the PGA Tour? You have to think so. You have to think he's up there. I used to think it was Paul Casey, but now he's defected to the Live Tour, so – I'm sure he's still a little nice, but Tony Fino, I think, has uh, overstepped Paul Casey as the nicest person on the PGA Tour. Got a huge family, gigantic family, all kinds of kids. 
five kids. Yeah. And they were all with him, which I thought was pretty cool. I think I heard him say that's the first win he's had where his entire family was there. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure why. Because I know they come with them a good bit. I'm not sure what happened at the 3M event or the uh, Northern Trust. Maybe, I mean, that one was on Monday. So maybe they went back home or maybe That's they were point. in school. Hard to travel around with that many kids. Um, not much else to write about, but the 3M Open. I mean, it's a cool tournament, cool course. Tony Finau won, makes it even cooler. Um, Marty Fish got to play. I saw uh, that. Tennis, tennis player, uh, really good at golf has won that like ACC championship thing that they do with the celebrities a couple of times. I think um, it's definitely a, a legitimate golfer. It's not just some random guy they brought in off the street, but he, I mean, he, he played well for somebody like me or you, if, if I would go out and shoot six over on one of those courses, I would feel really good about that. Marty or Marty fish went out. I think he was seven over after the first round. And that shows you how good, actual professional golfers are dealing with the course setups where the pins are. I mean, Marty fish is a really, really good golfer, scratch golfer, maybe plus golfer. I don't know. And goes out and does that. It's um, people always talk about that comparison, how you just throw some guy out there on the course to kind of give you a comparison of how good these guys really are. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Sorry. An ambulance just went by. Uh <laughs> It happens like clockwork every every night here. Sorry, you were saying about Marty no. Fish? We talk about all the time about the the comparison. You throw a just an average golfer into the mix at a tournament and, and see how they actually play compared to professional golfers. Marty Fish is a lot better than just an average golfer, but he was, I think, seven over after the first round. I think it shows you how good these guys really are at – navigating the way these courses are set up the pin locations the difficulty of pga greens all of it you get a really good golfer in marty fish and i mean i think he came in dead last he, he's not a professional golfer but he's really really good he's way better than average and that's how it ended up which i mean good for him i'm glad he got to play as i'm it's not a knock on any of the sponsors exemptions i got no issue with that i think it's cool that he got to play but i think it's more of a enlightening people on how good professional golfers really are yeah and i mean watching it like there's a physical difference you can kind of tell that like he doesn't really belong i mean obviously he's a pro athlete so not like the look of him but you're just kind of like ooh, like that that wasn't a very good shot or that wasn't a very good putt um yeah you can you can tell the difference another name that i mean not a notable name nobody i'd heard of for this weekend um jeff overton was a PGA golfer. I think he won a tournament. I think I remember reading that. But something happened to him. He got um, like a surgery or some uh, – what are the, the pain shots they give you? Tordol? No, like uh, like in your joints and stuff. Like people who mess up a knee or something. Football players, they give you a shot in the knee, something. I don't, one of those. He got some kind of surgery or some kind of shot like that and got some sort of spinal infection left him like in a coma, paralyzed, something like that for, I don't know how long he was like that, but hasn't been able to play golf for years since all this happened. And he, uh, this was his first tournament playing since all that happened. I don't, I don't think he played great, but um, pretty cool story just for him to go through all that after being a legitimate PGA tour golfer coming back from that and playing again. Yeah. To play it all is awesome. That's, that's crazy. 
the 3M Open, I saw the – it's the tournament this year with the most balls hit in the water, 303 total balls into the water at the 3M Open. A lot of water up there. I would absolutely believe that. There was – yeah, it seemed like every shot I, – I wonder, what was Bay Hill up there? Was that anywhere close? I, I, didn't, I didn't see what any of the courses were. I just saw where this one had the most. Um, the TV coverage. We've had some issues with the TV coverage today. We've talked about it today. Well, what are your thoughts on the TV coverage last week? Uh, they did a decent job last week. I got to watch Finau during the week, which I was happy about. I think I texted you. Uh, it wasn't as egregious as this week, but, I mean, he was already a couple holes in and the coverage hadn't started yet, which I think is insane. Um, it's it's just, I mean, for any other sport, if you did this, if you started 30 minutes late for the national championship game on one of those mega casts, people would be outraged about it. I, I don't understand why golf can get away with that kind of thing. And like, this is, this is ESPN plus. This isn't, this isn't, we're not talking, you know, switching over from NBC to USA or whatever. Like these golfers are set to be the featured group. Why aren't you showing them for 18 holes? That is ridiculous to me that they would you advertise a certain grouping as the featured group. And you can't, I mean, the point of to me, the point of having featured groups is they're saying, Hey, we can't show you everybody on the golf course, but we're gonna pick out these three guys and let you watch them. And they can't even do that. But it, it doesn't make sense. Like they they have they have to have a camera crew with them. So what are they doing for the first three holes? Like do they just roll? I mean, are they getting a snack at the snack bar? And we you you texted me today about the the featured group today was Will Zalatoris and Cameron Young and Davis Love the third. And uh, at one o'clock, as they teed off a little bit before one o'clock. You texted me after one o'clock and said they're already through two holes. And the featured group coverage wasn't supposed to start until three o'clock. So when I turned it on or when I first saw the coverage started, Will's Zalatoris was teeing off on 10. That was the first first shot I saw. Well, they have like a main feed on ESPN Plus and they were showing them there. That's just kind of like a grouping of the main groups. So they'll show multiple of the featured groups. So why why can't I just watch? the Zalatoris group then like clearly you have the camera on him what I, I don't understand I don't know if it, that bothers me more or the fact that there is a specific channel dedicated to golf that's all they have the golf channel and they can't show the full coverage I, I mean I get it if you show it from the first tee time till when the last person finishes it's a long day but it's the golf channel like there's there's nothing else that has to be on there except for golf it's insane. I, they do have other golf tournaments going on. I understand that. But I'm probably not going to watch the Women's Scottish Open. But half the time they're not even showing that. They're just talking about golf or showing something old. Tommy's Honor. They show Tommy's Honor on TV a lot. Of all the, I love golf movies. In fact, Caddyshack's on right now. I'm watching it with the volume down. It just went off. Now 16 Candles is on. But – uh. Caddyshack is great. Um, what's the what's the one that William always makes fun of? The the Matt Damon, the Legend of Bagger Vance. I love the Legend of Bagger Vance. The uh, the movie about Francis we met when in the U.S. Open in Massachusetts. I love that movie. Um, 
Tommy's Honor is the worst golf movie I've ever seen in my life. If you ever get a chance to watch it, please don't. It's so sad and um, I don't know the word I'm looking for. It's horrible to watch. It's painful. I will stay away from that. I did get to watch Hideki Matsuyama live out 10 cup on, I think it was Thursday when he got a nine on 18. Did you see that? I did not. He, he hit it in the water, I think like three times. He had like an awful lie and just kept trying to blast it over the water and did not succeed. Good for him. Good effort. I'm still stuck on Tommy's honor and I want to make sure you don't watch it. And I need to tell you what it's about. It's about our friend, old Tom and uh, his son, young Tom, but uh, young Tom died when he was like 24 uh, because his wife was having a baby and young Tom and old Tom were out playing golf in some kind of tournament. He got the message that his wife's having a baby. He says, oh, I better get home. And old Tom's like, no, let's just finish the golf tournament. Then you can go. Well, by the time they finish the golf tournament, he gets home. His wife died and the baby died in childbirth. So then like a few months later, he can't take it anymore. Dies of a broken heart. That's the movie. I'm probably not going to watch that. Yeah, don't. Um, Happy Gilmore. Didn't even mention Happy Gilmore is in the top golf movies. Uh, it's the top golf movie. I would argue Caddyshack, but I, I can I can uh, at least accept Happy Gilmore as a as somebody else's argument. Happy Gilmore is my number one pe- movie. Period. Any genre. Hard to argue shout, with it. Shout out Julie Bowen. Um, we talked about other golf tournaments going on at the same time as men's golf tournaments. We sort of shit on women's sports at the end of our last podcast. So we're going to try to redeem ourselves a little bit here. The U uh, S girls junior championship was last week. Uh, Yana Wilson, Yana Wilson. I don't know how to say her name. She's 15 years old. She won. Um, pretty cool. That's just fun to watch. She gets an exemption into the U S women's open. Now uh, the Evian championship with LPGA was last week too. It's one of their major championships. Brooke Henderson won. Her second major. I did watch uh, a decent amount of that. Um, and for all this shit in on women's sports we did last week, I've been watching the women's Euro tournament, getting really into that. England's playing, uh, I don't know who they're playing. They're playing Sunday in the championship. Pretty excited about it. Big England fan over here. I got I got nothing for you there. Only, only women's sports note I've got is Brittany Griner coming back to the U.S., yeah, they're they're trading her for a mass weapons dealer. Yep. Probably not great to publicize that. Maybe keep that in yeah. our mouth. We're, we're, we're not a political podcast. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Um, so the other day at work got me thinking about something. Do you ever have um, – we talk about golf on here all the time. Me and you and William and Tyler both like golf. We're – find it pretty easy to talk about and I sort of it kind of dawned on me the other day at work that there is a huge disconnect between golf fans and people who are non-golf fans when it comes to like not just understanding about golf but just talking about it and it I don't I don't know if awkward or uncomfortable is the right word but I think it's much more of a there's a much wider gap in the disconnect when it comes to golf than there is for any other sport, in my opinion. You think so? The, the, the way it got brought up, I was watching golf at work, I guess it was last weekend. It was Sunday, maybe. 
when they were finishing up Saturday. I don't remember. But at some point when I've been watching golf at work, it has gotten brought up that I'm not a Bryson DeChambeau fan. And people can at least recognize Bryson DeChambeau with the hat. And I don't know if I've mentioned at some point I didn't like him because of his stupid hat or something like that. But it, we were, I was watching it at work. And one of the guys I work with asked if he said, hey, is your boy playing? I always calls DeChambeau my boy because he knows I don't like him. But like the live golf stuff to us has been a really big deal over the last month or two. But to people who don't really follow golf, they have no idea that anything is going on with live golf. They have no idea that Bryson DeChambeau doesn't even play on the PGA Tour anymore. So I got somebody who's asking, hey, is your boy playing this weekend that has zero idea that Bryson DeChambeau has nothing to do with PGA Tour anymore. And if I even tried to explain to him what was going on, it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably parts to that. Uh, one of them would be, you know, people don't really root for one guy other than me. I'm the Tony Finau guy. So I, on I'm the, the Tony Finau podcast. That's right. That's right. So people don't usually do that. Um, so I think that's tough. You know, a lot of people are just kind of casual fans of other sports. They like to wear the jerseys. They like to go to bars on Sunday to go watch it. Um, so you don't really have that with golf. The time of day that it comes on. I mean, a lot of Thursday and Friday, it's on while we're working. People probably aren't watching it or, or shouldn't be watching it while, while that's happening. So I don't think that helps it. The, you know, the coverage of it isn't, isn't the best. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think all of that is probably going against it. But then there's the aspect of people. There's so many more people that play golf. That's like, what I was getting ready to say. Like people don't, people in their forties don't go play football and baseball and basketball and people play golf, but you only hear people who, I mean, people who play golf probably follow golf and watch it too. When everything else is just sort of, everybody kind of follows either way. There's not like, if you say, if you talk about Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers people know exactly who they are, whether they're really big football fans or not. If you say Jordan Spieth or Justin Thomas, somebody might not even know who that is. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. Another, another one of the guys I worked with said something. He asked if the guy who wears the Hooters pants still plays. So that's the. Uh, really was bigger than golf. <laughs> This week is the Rocket Mortgage in Detroit. Um, don't know much about it. I watched a little bit today. I was excited to watch Max Homa and Joel Damon, two of the uh, really good characters to follow in professional golf. They're grouped together. They've kind of had a back and forth on Twitter over the last few days. It was kind of cool to watch. They talked about, um, you know, they're, they're obviously they're good friends, but they kind of jab each other on Twitter. Joel Damon said something tweeted out to to Max Homa said he hoped he uh, topped his tee shot off the first tee today. And Justin Thomas chimed in and said, hey, that happens to everybody, um, which was kind of funny considering how his – I think it was on 17. I think it was on the – or it was on 18 at St. Andrews where he almost hit the bridge. But um, Patrick Cantlay's playing. Don't know how he did today. Tony Finau's tied for the lead. Zalatoris. I think finished two, two, under. two under. Cameron Young finished one under today. Um, those are kind of the, the big names. You know, great. I watched him today. Uh, he played great. He, he could have shot better. He had a couple, you know, 
putts that he left just short, had a good chance at it. Uh, so I'm pumped about him. I think he's going to pull through and I'm hoping he's, he's going to pull through another week. Um, you said you haven't watched it on TV. Just picture any golf course that you've ever seen. And it, it's this one. Well, I did. I saw a little bit. And what I noticed was it kind of, it looked to me like um, uh, Sedgefield in Greensboro that me and William went to last year with the, I mean, you could kind of see couple shots of the clubhouse in the background and the white fencing kind of behind the putting green. I saw a couple clips of that. It just looked like a, a really nice country club. And rocket mortgage just everywhere you could, could imagine. Everywhere you look, there's rocket, rocket mortgage. Uh, the greens are pretty cool. I, I don't know. There, there's just a lot of, a lot of shots I hear him talking about. He got, he's got to put it on this shelf or, you know, he, he, he landed it just short of that. So I think from what I understand, that's kind of like the the claim to fame on, on this course. Um, so that kind of golf is fun to watch. Not so good for people like me and you to play, uh, but fun to watch, see how accurate these guys are with a lot of those shots. You got to put it. I'm just happy to get it on the green. These guys have to put it in the right spot on the green, which is fun yeah. to watch. <clears throat> I don't have a whole lot of, of golf talk with the Rocket Mortgage. I did have one more golf thing I wanted to mention. I saw this on the Internet today. I don't know who this guy is. Um, I think his name was Ken Brown. Was a professional golfer in like the seventies and eighties. There was a, a somebody sent out a picture of the ball contract that he signed. So we're in the age of these gigantic live contracts, and professional golfers now can basically go get whatever golf club they want. They get free balls all the time, unlimited. I'm sure all kinds of stuff. So this Ken Brown guy, I think his name was Ken. I might have messed that up. Signed a contract in 1970, 75 and 76 with Dunlop Sports for golf balls. Um, this was for for those two years, those two seasons on the PGA Tour. Do you care to guess what this contract, what what he got out of this contract for Dunlop golf balls? Meaning how much money or did, did he get some money? No, I'll tell you straight up, no money whatsoever. Didn't get a penny out of it. This was strictly for balls. So you you want me to guess how many golf balls they gave him? Yes. Uh, I, I'll guess. Well, guess per per month, how many how many golf balls do you think a guy on the PGA Tour would need per month? Well, they probably don't need very many, but I guess if we're talking like if he's going to play practice rounds and stuff, I'll say seventy-five balls a month. Ken Brown got six golf balls a month from March to October and three golf balls a month from November to February. Oh, my God. That was his golf ball contract as a professional golfer. I mean, what do you think they get that? I mean, obviously, they're not like, but how many golf balls do you think they go through these days? I, th I think they probably go through four golf balls around just getting rid of one when they don't want to play it anymore. Like if it gets a tiny little nick on it, they just get rid of it and play a new one. Sure. But I mean, they're probably like, I don't think they're hitting range, but like top flight range balls. Like I think they're hitting their golf balls. Oh yeah, they absolutely are. They get, if they play a Tiles Pro V1 X, they get Pro V1 Xs on the driving range. Right. So yeah, it's, um, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's 40 some years ago now. So 
a lot different but that's that's nuts for a month i watched matsuyama hit three of them in the water on one hole <laughs> maybe happy gilmore came out and do and it got it for him um i don't have any more golf talk we did talk before we came on here the orioles won today 50 and 49 one game over 500 they've had two straight winning months of baseball um how long before they win the world series four years five years it's it's gonna be a while or it's it's not gonna be a while they're gonna trade like adley rushman will be a yankee once his contract's up i mean it's just they just ruin everything that's good with the orioles this it's possible that this was trey mancini's last games in oriole he's the only one really being mentioned on the on the trading block before the trading deadline this was the last game before the trading deadline did you see uh what Trey Mancini did for his last possible appearance before he gets traded. I, I'm assuming it was his last at bat where he hit the guy in the face. Yep. Hit, bounced a flab off the right fielder's face, got inside the park home run. What a I'm way to be go. I'm really bummed out if they trade Trey, Trey Mancini. He's one too. of my favorite players. He's been ever. one of the good ones. Yep. Adam Jones is probably the only one that, that could top him in, in my mind. Him I think Mardukas. Hey, Mardukas, Miguel Tejada. I always have a had a had a soft spot in my heart for Miguel Tejada. If Vlad was there in his prime, he probably would have been my favorite. But it was a little too old when he got there. Wonder what Nick Markakis is doing now. <laughs> Who knows, man? Who he, knows? I think he had a lot of kids too, didn't he? He was kind of like Tony Fee now, quiet, ton of kids. Yeah, you know I. I, I, I didn't get enough media coverage out of this Tony Finau win. I thought they made a big deal out of it with his McDonald's last time. I, I was a little disappointed in the, the coverage he got this time. That's a good point. I wonder if it's we're still trying to get past the open stuff and all the live stuff. And I don't know. Not much live talk today, though, which I'm happy about. We don't have to discuss any of that. Um, some sad news, though. The Choco Taco. There's no more. Do we have, can we get in some sad music here? Some some funeral. I'll try. I'll try to edit some in. I mean, what what are we doing here, guys? I remember I, I, the very first Choco Taco I ever had. Where was it? It was at a baseball tournament we played at in Loudon, Leesburg, somewhere around there. They had like it was like one of those complexes where they had fields all around in a big circle. They had Choco Tacos there. It was the first time I ever had one. They're incredible. I used to get them at Taco Bell. They made them, they, they sold them at Taco Bell, and I'd get them all the time. I never got one from a Taco Bell. They're the best. I still, or I guess not to this day, but up until recently, every road trip we went on, I would that would be a go-to for me, a Choco Taco. I think I might have even maybe drafted it in one of our drafts. I at least mentioned it. I it was a sad day when I found out about the Choco Taco. I'm shocked. And I'm really hoping that this is just a publicity stunt to get people to rally behind it and show how much we love Choco Tacos. What's what's the reasoning for it going away? I have no idea. I think you could hear Murphy finally in the background making his appearance. He's scratching himself now. I didn't read into it to see why they're getting rid of it. I mean, I feel like Choco Taco is pretty popular. I feel the same way, and it doesn't seem difficult to make. I mean, it's just kind of a misshaped waffle cone with ice cream in it. So, 
I, yeah, I don't know what the deal is. Maybe we can start up a new Chaco Taco company, bring it back to life. No, that, that's awesome. I, that's a great idea. Maybe we can get Scott Van Pelt to, to voice it for us. Chaco Taco. I could listen to him and Tim Kirchin all day long. Tim Kirchin just, I, I mean, him cracking up cracks me up every time. He knows it's coming, but he can't stop it. It's wonderful. It's one of the best bits on sports TV. And it, I guess it's, guys are two of the best best guys going still on TV, too. I think Tim Kirsten just got into the Hall of Fame, didn't he? I missed that. I, th- I don't, well, he, he got something. I'm pretty sure it was some kind of baseball writers Hall of Fame, something like that. He should be in it. If he wasn't in it already, he was going to be in it eventually. I don't want to end on that sad note, but I don't have anything else. Uh, I mean, do we, do we want to tease maybe a little bit of our, our, our idea for another podcast? Do we want to keep that offline? No, let's do it. We, uh, I almost did earlier, actually, when we talked about Happy Gilmore. We are, uh, we're working right now to work on a movie podcast. Um, we're going to join up with the Gray Fox himself from Gray Fox Barbecue. Check him out on Instagram. It's wonderful. Uh, recently married, but still cooking. Gonna gonna squeeze in enough time in his busy schedule to uh, to talk about some movies with us. And I think what we decided we're gonna we're gonna go with the Mighty Ducks first. Well, that would be a good good one to to kick us off with. If you've ever listened to the Rewatchables with Bill Simmons, probably gonna be a direct rip off of that. So uh, should be fun. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. I don't, I mean, I don't know how you want to do it if we want to, you know, go through their exact format, but I, I figured if the three of us watched it, we'd probably come up with some good questions and hypotheticals off of it. Um, and would, would have some pretty good back and forth on it. And I told you, I've seen it. My four-year-old is uh, really into those movies right now. We have a rotation of the Mighty Ducks, the Sandlot and the Big Green that we watch over and over and over again. And I, I like every single one of them. I keep watching them and enjoy it every time I watch it. So I'm not complaining about it, but I've seen the mighty ducks about 50 times in the last three months. When we've watched all of them, we watched two and three, try to try to stay away from the sandlot too. It's one of the worst movies ever made. But, uh, D2 might be the best sequel. Of all time. Other than the new Testament, of course. I'm partial to home alone too. lost in New York. Which we're also going to maybe maybe that's where we're going to get our little niche here as we go for these kind of the Mighty Ducks and the the Home Alones and the Sandlot and those movies that the rewatchables is, is leaving out for whatever reason. Except they we are going to do Happy Gilmore. They did do the Sandlot, though. They did. Well, yeah, yeah. I think Mina Kimes is on that. Love Mina Kimes. Big fan. Yeah. So uh, look out for that. We'll let you know when when we get it going i don't know when it's going to be we got a little uh little work to do yet before we start what else you got not a lot just want to just want to know how your feelings are on tony fino going back to back this week you think it's going to happen i feel really good after today yeah seems like he's in a good spot he's uh seems very comfortable you win a win a golf tournament the way that he did and then come out your very next round and shoot a 64 tied for the lead eight under 
and I don't even recognize the guy who's tied with him. Have no idea who he is. So he's a uh, he's in the driver's seat right now. Two in a row for two in a row for Big Tone here on the Tony Finau podcast. You heard it here first. I love it. I love the confidence. We're. Uh, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm just gonna jump on with you, and I'm just gonna start putting money on Tony Finau every weekend now. I'm it all in works. on the Tony Finau train. It never works out. I Casey jumped on the train a couple of times with me, and he never played well. So I mean, you're you can try it, but I'm I am worried that. You know, when some when other people jump on with me, he doesn't do as well. The two times that he's won here in the last year, has that made you more money though than you've lost in all the times oh, you've been on? Okay, yeah. then it's worth it. Well worth it. Yeah, I somehow got lucky. I usually put ten bucks on him every week, and the two weeks that I won, the first time I won on him, it was like he was fifty to one, and I put I had some sort of like free bet that I put on him, so I won a ridiculous amount. And this week, I, for whatever reason, I had a feeling about it. But I put like a little bit extra on them and it, it paid off. Well, can't wait to talk to you again next week so we can talk about Tony Finau winning the Rocket Mortgage. And uh and we'll talk about the Wyndham Championship in Greensboro as well. Might uh might try to squeeze down for that. There you go. I like it. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>